I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we share some intimate event ideas. We talk about whether or not you should reach out to clients when the markets are volatile. And how to use this stuff for multi-level marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 14 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. We have a lot of interesting topics that we're going to be getting into today. Um, before we do two things, one, we're doing a giveaway. We have a 2016 business development plan. Get it while it's hot. I like that you printed that in black and white. Very nice touch. I know. I know. <laughs> People are going to be dying to get after this thing. It doesn't look very appealing on the just the cover page, but it's a really nice form that you can actually uh, fill out, uh, put together some business development goals and activities for 2016. Absolutely. Never too late. You should have already done this, I'm sure. Most of you have. Yep. But uh, hey, here it is. A great plan for you. It's uh, roughly, what, Kevin, 15 pages. Yep. It's all yours. If you ask a question to hashtag ask Stephen and Kevin. Yep, that's a big if. So we need questions. You need that right there. So uh, the other thing I want to share with you, this is just an interesting article. We always try and start with something interesting, something topical. This is that uh, North Korea says it has invented hangover-free alcohol. What do you think about that, Stephen? I don't know if I buy it. I, my, my question to you, Kevin, is if you had a six-pack of North Korean beer right in front of you right now, could I dare you to drink one of them? <laughs> I, I actually would be very nervous about this. You know, what's, what's funny is, I mean, you can't verify the claim at all unless you're in North Korea. Um, and they, they actually are producing this liquor uh, with ginseng. It's a ginseng-based liquor. Um, North Korea has come out with other things in the past that it, they've used ginseng with and um, even things that they've you know, created uh, cures – or not cures, but medicines to help treat AIDS, tuberculosis, cancer, and other things. They come out with all types of miracle drugs. I thought it was interesting. Um, but, the but, only penalty here is if you drink one of their uh, hangover-free beers, you get sent to prison camp for 20 years <laughs> of hard labor. So. <laughs> Buyer beware. But I thought it was a hangover-free alcohol. Does, does that sound like a dream or what? It does. Thank you, Kevin. So right. on to the real business here. Uh, question number one from at Chris underscore Hess is, what are some great event ideas that other advisors have had success with? And by event ideas, Chris is referring to intimate client events. We've uh, been long advocates of hosting small events for some of your better clients and their guests. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to bring in new business at the same time uh, schmoozing your existing clients. Yeah, and there's a million different types of event ideas out there. And a lot of times I think we want to jump to the event first. Like we can, we want the creative event idea. And then from there we say, okay, now we're going to fit our clients and our centers of influence and our prospects into that event. And we want you to look at it a little differently, Chris. We want you to be thinking about, you know, What's an event, you know, who, who do I want to invite? Mm -hmm. And then what's an event that A, they would enjoy coming to and B, that's intriguing enough for them to bring a guest along. I mean, if you're in a, in a county that's notoriously a dry county and you're tr trying to hold wine tastings, you're going to have a hard time. Right, and I've seen advisors, or maybe do a really that. easy time filling that one up. <laughs> maybe a really easy time. Maybe they're pumped to go, but um, but he really does. You you think about the people that you'd most want to have there, yeah. especially if this is one of your first events you've ever hosted. You want it to go real well, mm -hmm. and by go well, you want your best contacts there, and you want them bringing guests. Yes. So if you want that to happen, you have to really think hard about who those best contacts are and what are they into. Yeah, that's whether right. it's uh, you know, we did one of our recent surveys, Kevin, to kick off 2016 was asking the affluent, what are your, what are some of your hobbies? What are you passionate about? Mm. Number one activity, reading. 
Believe it or not. Yeah. Golf, only 25% of the affluent population are golfers. Yeah, it was so, a list of like 15 or 16 things, yeah. and the golf was like towards the very bottom. So, so it doesn't mean it's not pertinent to your social circle, to your top client base, but give it some real thought. Who do you have? And and what are some examples, Kevin? What are some good events? Yeah, I mean, we, we can't leave Chris here without no. any ideas. Um, this one's been around maybe a couple of years, but I think it still has a lot of merit, and that's like a wine, cheese, apple event, Ooh. right? A little yeah. wine, cheese, you bring in an apple genius, and you let them explain how to sync you know, you know, use the iCloud and all that kind of stuff with their tablet and their phone and their and their MacBook or whatever it might be. What's and sometimes you know, simple is best. If you have a, a venue that can put on a wine tasting for you, mm-hmm. which by the way was the number two on our list of preferred affluent hobbies, wine and beer. Uh, sometimes the the ease of logistics can make an event more you know uh, one that you can do multiple times. Mm-hmm. Right? If you've got to put up a tent in your backyard and arrange a band. And, and get seating and catering, you're not going to do very many events. But if you can simply stroke the check and pull together a few events per year by doing a wine tasting, uh, that to me trumps uh, a wow event sometimes. We've heard advisors do like um, batting practice at a minor league ballpark. Indeed. See if you can hit one out. Uh, yeah. Or at least hit one in general. You know what? That would be a lot of fun though. I yeah, mean, and I, less trouble <laughs> than you would think, especially in the off season when, uh, when these places are, are just sitting there pretty much. Yeah, we've seen others that uh, an antiques roadshow event was Ooh, an interesting antiques. one. We've seen which fashion. sounds really fancy, but you have basically an appraiser come in. Every uh-huh. client brings something, a family heirloom or, or historical artifact, and uh, it's a good time. Uh, fashion and finance. You know, you saw you have ten tips on on uh, fashion for you know the spring, and you do ten tips on on finance, things like that, or fitness and finance, same type of deal. Oh, we're all about the alliteration. Uh, we had one advisor last year host a pot party. A what party? A pot party. Uh, right? Well, uh, Potted plants. Sign me up. They brought I, uh, in a master gardener <laughs> and, uh, you know, taught everybody. I think it was a Mother's Day thing. They wow. Taught uh, mother and daughter how to how to build a potted plant arrangement. It was great. People loved it. So cool. use your creativity. Think about your current clients. What do they enjoy and what would they bring a guest to? Great. So uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, great time to sign up for performance coaching. If you haven't taken us up on our offer for a free consultation, do give us a call. Go to our website. Uh, there are plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, the power of having a one-on-one coach matched with the power of having live ongoing webinars, having live events that you attend alongside your coaching client peers. It's a powerful program. We hope you'll take a look. All right, let's keep moving. Number two question. So, Kevin. This, this one came via email, right? This did. Uh, from one of our coaching clients, we'll go anonymous. When the markets are volatile, should I immediately reach out to clients? Kevin, your take. This, there's no black and white answer with this one, right? Um, I, I think that, it, you know, I, obviously it's been kind of rocky over the past couple of weeks. <sighs> I, I err towards being proactive and reaching out, you know, being overly communicative. Right. I mean, I'm big on that. You know, here's why. I think that if you're proactively reaching out, even if things, you know, are maybe just a little rocky, you know, or, you know, hitting a little bit of a turbulence here, I think it says something about, you know, you just being uh, obviously proactive and reaching out in the contact. But I think that they might talk about it with other people, too. Oh, my advisor just called me. Right, mm-hmm. I think that there's some some a little bit of almost like marketing there. Uh, well, your that, portfolio must be really in the tank, Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, no. I mean, and that's the other side of it. Yeah, is I that, think there's there's some argument in the industry about when you should do it. That some people, and, and I'm not of this ilk, but some people say, "What do you mean? Call them only if in case of extreme emergency." Right. I mean, not just a, a little bit of a market fluctuation, but I mean, 
the uh, the, the stuff's hit the fan here, right. and your portfolio's in the tank, and it, we ought to be giving everybody a call to let them know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and their rationale being, we're not making calls unnecessarily to raise a, awareness or to, to alert people about something they shouldn't be really that concerned about. They're in it for the long term. This will correct. Why am I going to call and rankle everybody? So you're like spooking clients by reaching yeah, out to them. they said that's a surefire way to lose some clients. Start making calls when the market goes down a little bit, and you're going to lose some business. Oh, now, here, here's where I come in on it, yeah. Kevin. I think that the client contact ought to be high regardless of market volatility. But it shouldn't be, you know, too many advisors make the error of focusing on uh, investment performance in these calls. If you're making a whole bunch of calls throughout the year to talk about things like financial planning or estate planning mm. or having their tax situation reviewed or in teaching their kids about money or planning for their college funding. I mean, if you have a whole bunch of calls throughout the year that are more holistic in nature, you don't feel quite quite as obligated to call when the market goes down 2% in a week. And that's all you're talking about constantly is performance, 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 Yeah, you live and die by it. Now, it, but, you know, we, we just did some research and we were taking a look at some of the top um, – dissatisfaction areas that the affluent have with their advisor. And I think number two was communication. So we err on the side of over communicating. We think it's, it's a good thing to do. Uh, and I do think that it can generate some positive buzz. I really do. I mean, if, if, oh, wow, your advisor hasn't called you yet. Right. Or, you know, I, I, yeah. th- I think that there's something there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can say uh, unequivocally, the advisors we work with through, through the Great Recession, uh, there were some advisors who told us, well, our phones are blowing up. People are calling us all the time. Mm. And, and that wasn't our favorite thing to hear. Reactive. There were plenty of other advisors who said, you know, my clients aren't overly concerned right now. They're not calling me off the hook. Why? Because I've been in ongoing communication with them for months and months and years and years about the need to stay long term, about the fact that we're very vigilant and watching all of this so they don't have to. Right. And they had primed their clients so that there wasn't this panic attack and it wasn't riding the ups and downs of, uh, you know, the emotions with the markets. Mm. So just our take. Uh, obviously, we didn't give you the perfect answer there, but it's something There's for no you to factor answer. in, figure out. Well, it, it's, it's, it's how frequently do you reach out? What triggers that response? You know, mm-hmm. how, how much does the market need to go down? And in what ways do you do it? Do you do it via webinar? Do you do it via phone call? Do you do it via um, email? Ugh. Yeah, educational yeah. events occasionally. Those right. were really hot during the Great Recession. And final question for final today. Final question. This is from Dan Schnipp at D. Schnipp. What's your best when it comes to multi-level marketing? Yeah, we actually had to clarify with this one because we said the MLM and we, were, we responded and said, you mean multi-level marketing? And he said, yes. He said, do these same tactics that you teach in the podcast, um, do they apply to multi-level marketing? So we were thinking about it a little bit and, and we feel like a lot of them probably do. Yeah, absolutely. And any type of sales. And we, uh, you know, our, our primary space is the financial services world, but we've dealt, uh, Matt's written the book, The Art of Selling to the Affluent, very mm-hmm. popular book not only in the financial services world, but with people like BMW, ADT, Custom Homes, Sotheby's. Yep. I mean, people who sell to the affluent in general. Mark, uh, multi-level marketing, no different. I mean, it's still uh, a sales game. Yeah. You still need some social prospecting skills, some networking skills. Yeah. You still need to be proficient with social media. Exactly. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you're selling cars, homes, or, or you're recruiting, financial services. You're recruiting people, right? I mean, there's some fundamentals yeah. here of... This time of year, you ought to have ironclad goals in your mind. Mm-hmm. You ought to be able to, you, you need to be on top of your pipeline, manage your pipeline efficiently. You need to have a regimented system for reaching out to current clients as a ways to drumming up business. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fundamentals that apply no matter what you're selling. Obviously, right. you've got to know the product in this space. Um, but sticking to some of the sales fundamentals isn't a bad way to do business. 
I agree. So that's it for episode 14. By the way, don't forget this, right? We have this giveaway 2016 business development plan. Again, it doesn't look very attractive right here. It kind of looks like just a blank piece of paper. It is not. It's over 15 pages that you can fill in. Uh, and if you haven't done a business development plan, you want this plan. Yeah, it's a very good one. Um, Ask us a question using hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin on Twitter, on Instagram, and we will send it right to you. Thanks all. Thank you.